Today's episode is brought to you by Create Engage, the digital marketing agency for the disruptive management consultancy. Digital marketing has moved forwards, but most consulting firms haven't. Many consulting firms still see their corporate blog as their sole digital marketing channel and find themselves frustrated when these blogs yield little, if any, results. For those consultancies that understand digital marketing, though, it can be a huge asset and help them achieve rapid business growth. In fact, at Create Engage, we've recently written a case study of one successful consulting firm that used digital marketing to help them grow over 400% in just three years. Having spent countless hours researching consulting firms and consulting leaders for this podcast, it became very clear that while some firms do digital marketing well, the vast majority of consulting firms struggle to leverage its power and don't know where to start. To help those of you who want to harness the power of digital marketing to grow your consulting business, but don't have the knowledge, capacity, or in-house capability to do so, I launched Create Engage, the first digital marketing agency for the management consulting industry. As former consultants ourselves, we understand the challenges that you face when it comes to delivering effective digital marketing that engages prospective clients and generates leads. Having worked in the industry, we understand consulting buyers, what resonates with them and what doesn't. This enables us to harness the latest in digital marketing in a way that aligns with your brand and your market positioning to attract the prospective clients that you're looking to target. We understand that each consultancy is unique and have a range of services to help you shape, implement and sustain effective digital marketing strategies that deliver results, regardless of where you are on your digital marketing journey. If you would like to find out more about how Create Engage can help you use digital marketing to take your business to the next level, then send me an email at nick at createengage.co.uk or go to our website, createengage.co.uk, where you can download that free case study that breaks down the digital marketing strategies used by one successful consulting firm to help them grow over 400% in just three years and gives you the secrets they used so that you can apply them in your own firm. If you want to outpace your competitors and stand out in the crowded consulting market, then get in touch. We'd love to help you grow your business through digital marketing. Hi, and welcome to Climbing Consulting. As we are almost at the end of 2019 and what is the second year or coming up to the second year of the podcast, I wanted to do something a little different and answer a question that a number of listeners and a number of people in my network have been asking me some since I launched Climbing Consulting and some of these people I've helped actually launch their own podcast, but many people have said it in passing, you know, have said, I'd love to do my own podcast. I just don't know how, or I don't have the time, or I'm not sure what I'd do it on, or all of the good ideas are taken. All of the above are things that I have heard people say or have come out in the way they've asked questions. And as we are only two episodes before the end of the year, so this one and then the next episode, which is episode 50, which is going to be a very special episode, I wanted to do a short show and actually give you all of the details you need to launch your own podcast all of the things that I did when I was launching Climbing Consulting and all of the extra things that I would now change having launched Climbing Consulting, got a ton of things wrong and improved it when I've given this advice to other people. Now, the first thing to say just before we get into this, and it's the big disclaimer, it's the big health warning, is the advice and guidance I'm going to give you in this show is intended for you 
if you are looking to launch your own individual podcast. This is to you as a consultant or a contractor who is looking to, you've got a New Year's resolution to build your network, to broaden your reach, to just try something different, and you want to launch a podcast, this is for you. And all of the tactics, the tools, the approaches I'm going to talk to you about over the next 20 or 30 minutes is all intended for you. So it's all intended to be easy, low cost, quick. The reason I make that distinction is because if you are looking to do a podcast for your consultancy, there are a number of different steps that I would always recommend you take because you need to do it to a different level and it has different challenges, there's different stakeholders involved, there is the corporate image of your firm that you need to consider. And so if you are going to do a corporate podcast, always take a step back, talk to someone, it doesn't have to be us at Create Engage, but talk to someone about doing it before moving forwards. If after that you are very happy to go ahead yourself, fantastic. But the reason I give that health warning is over the last year, I've seen a number of consultancies launch podcasts, which I am really pleased with. It's great to see our industry embracing this medium. We're seeing clients, we're helping more clients. We've got more prospective clients coming to us about podcasts. We're finally getting to the point where consultancies understand the power of this. And I see and expect to see a lot more podcasts coming out from consultancies over 2020. But what I have seen over this year is a number of consultancies who have tried podcasting because they really see the power of the medium, but they don't necessarily want to invest in the medium itself. So they try it and actually fall in this halfway house between not quite getting a good enough podcast that people are going to want to engage with or follow, but they've got something out and they've ticked the box. And these podcasts fall into purgatory. The ones where people take what they're doing seriously, they invest the right amount of time and effort to do it, and they create a compelling product that gives value and people want to listen to, those firms have done fantastically. Some of those firms are our clients, some of them are not. But the firms who haven't, and have done this as a sort of half-hearted thing, have, I think, pretty much wasted a lot of effort and actually achieved very little results. And while this isn't an advert for Create Engage, that's one of the big things we always start with is you need to get return on investment from your marketing. You need to do a podcast properly if you want that return on investment. So that is the health warning. Everything I'm about to tell you is intended for you as an individual. It's not intended to give you the playbook to create your corporate podcast. Obviously, you know, you can run with this, you can do it. But if you are listening to this, wanting to create your company podcast, always take a step back and make sure you are prepared to put the time and effort in to make it successful. So with all that said, I'm going to dive in. This is going to be a bit of a whirlwind. I'm going to reference a whole ton of stuff. All of that stuff I'm going to put in the show notes. So if I mention anything in today's show that you are unsure of or that you need to go back and check, go to the website, climbinconsulting.com, go to the show notes, and there will be links there to everything I speak about. So I'm going to walk through everything you need to launch your own podcast. We're going to start with actually shaping your show and what it's going to stand for, how you do that, how you develop your USP, how you identify and reach out to your guests, how do you record it, ultimately how do you edit it, and finally, and the thing that actually so many people get wrong and it's so important, is how do you launch it successfully. So, the first thing, how do you decide what to do a podcast on? Well, this is actually really easy, and the answer is do a podcast on something you enjoy. Even if you're just going to do it as one series, even if that series is four, five, six episodes, you're going to have to spend time doing it. You're going to have to spend time identifying guests, researching guests, actually having interviews with guests, spending time editing the shows afterwards. All of these things take time. So do it on something you're interested in. 
Now, one of the things that I've always found a bit surprising, but I think I can completely understand is I've had a number of people say to me, they wish they thought of creating my podcast before me. They wish they thought about creating a consulting podcast before I did. And the thing to say to you, if you are listening right now, and that is the niche you love and you want to create a consulting podcast is, is go do it. Go and create the podcast you want to create. There are thousands of podcasts on entrepreneurship right now, and people will happily listen to multiple different podcasts on the same topic, or even with the same guest. I do it. I listen to different shows with the same guest because I love the guest and because I like the different styles. And it'll be the same for your listeners. Just because somebody likes listening to me doesn't mean they won't want to listen to your show. And likewise, there will be people who hate climbing consulting. There are people, I'm sure, who hate climbing consulting. I've lost count of the, many, the amount of people who tell me this show is too long, who tell me it's too detailed. Well, that means there's a huge space in the market for a really short, a really high level, or a really targeted on a specific type or area of consulting. A, a show like that is going to get a whole different listener base to me. And I can promise you that if you go to the guest, and I, I say promise, I couldn't tell you for a fact, but you speak to any of the guests that have been on my show and say you want to interview them for your consulting podcast, I'm sure most of them would oblige. And so straight away, you have a guest list for your show. Now, that is just one example, and I'm sure there will be some of you out there who want to start consulting podcasts. But what about the industry you work in? What if you work in fintech? Why don't you do a fintech podcast? What if you work in manufacturing, pharmaceuticals? Whatever it is, there will be people in your space who want to listen to and, and hear about that sector. And the most important thing here is as long as you are interested in it, or if you are interested in it, you are going to do 10 times better and be much more engaged and come across as much more engaging than if you're not. So that's the first thing. Think about what is it you enjoy? What is it you want that podcast to be on? And then start to develop your USP and the carving out and really defining that niche for the show. So what's different about it? Why is, and I'll stick with consulting podcasts for ease right now, why is your consulting show different to mine? Is it the length? Are you going to do a 20-minute interview or a 10-minute interview instead of a hour, two-hour interview? Is it to do with the style or the format? So are you actually going to interview multiple guests in the same show and maybe make them thematic instead of having one-on-one -on -one interviews? Are you going to interview different grades, for instance? Are you going to interview analysts about how to get into consulting or maybe recruitment managers? These are all of the things that you want to shape firstly. And once you have, a, have an idea on that, you want to get really clear on actually, well, who is going to listen to this show? And those two things We'll go back and forth between each other. There's a bit of a, a circular process you need to go in of defining what your podcast is about and who it's for. But obviously then, once you know who it's for, making sure that that still aligns with the podcast you wanted to create. So if you are, let's say, creating a podcast all about consulting recruitment and you want to interview every recruiter or head of recruitment and consulting to understand how people get into consulting, but your target audience, the people you want to reach are heads of consulting firms it might not work. But if you want to reach analysts, university graduates who might be moving into consulting to, to share your knowledge and your experience, that could work really well. So you want to just make that cross check that you have created a podcast that you love and you think will work really well, and that you know who you're targeting, and you know why they would listen. And ultimately, and I've done a number of posts, a number of videos on this last point, it's really important is, after all of this, you need to be really clear on what's the value you are giving to your audience. You, know, you can know the format, the style, the USP, the target market, but ultimately, what is it that you are giving 
that will make that audience listen? What are you adding to their lives? What value are you giving them? Those are the key things you need to develop. Once you've done that, you'll have quite a good idea for the show. And you'll notice I've not talked about naming the show. That's, that's sort of something you'll probably just come up with while you're having a shower. It'll pop into your head that the name, yes, it can be, can be good. You know, having a witty name can be helpful. But ultimately, two, maybe three, if not all, of the top five podcasts on iTunes business charts are simply named after the person or the firm who hosts them. So your podcast, if your name is John, might be the John Doe podcast or the John Doe consulting podcast. As simple as that, it doesn't have to be clever. And I really wouldn't waste time on the name. The focus should be the concept and the name will come after that very easily. So once you've got the concept and you've written maybe a couple of lines on what that means so you can articulate it, you've tested it with friends and colleagues to make sure it works or people in the space that you want to do a podcast on, it doesn't have to be consulting, it could be a hobby of yours. The next thing to do is brainstorm guests and this is exactly what I did. So you know you want to do a podcast, you know it's on the topic, let's say here's consulting, I am going to brainstorm 10 guests that I could get on and for these guests you really want to keep them as people that, while they would be fantastic guests, you will be able to reach. So if you're doing an entrepreneurship podcast, let's say, your ideal guest might be Elon Musk. And it's fantastic to aim for that. And you should always aim for the biggest, most exciting guests that you want to get on. But likewise, you need a bit of realism, especially in these early episodes. And so it's much easier to reach out to people that you have access to already, because they're A, going to be much more likely to say yes, and B, you're ultimately going to be more comfortable managing that process through with them and interviewing them because you either already know them or you've been introduced to them or just generally you don't have that awe and that fear that you might if you were interviewing sort of a a mega billionaire who runs a unicorn startup. So start with just writing out that list. So if it is consulting, and again, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing who takes this advice and makes their own consulting podcast off the back of it. Write down the 10 people in the industry you would like to speak to. That might be guests who have previously been on my show. It might be partners from your own firm. It might be someone, a client of yours who you really respect. The key thing is as long as they fit within the USP, within the niche that you've set, as long as they will be interesting to your target audience... Within reason, you can invite who you want on the show. It's your show. That's the beauty of it. If you're doing a podcast on a hobby of yours, so let's say rock climbing. It's the first thing that came to my head. Who are the biggest rock climbers in the space that you could have access to? So if you're in the UK, are there any big names in the UK that you could have access to? And I think the one thing here, and this is really powerful actually if you're doing a podcast on a hobby as opposed to a career, but it's equally true in a career, is because podcasting is still... Even in 2019, quite a nascent medium, there is still so much scope for it to grow. And actually, because of that, there are many people who have never been on a podcast, people who are huge in their industries who have never been on a podcast. And nobody is ever going to be offended if you say, look, I respect you so much, I would love to share your story with the world. Nobody's going to be offended by that. So if you are in a a niche or it's a hobby, so... I met with someone who is into songwriting. And in their industry or in that space, there's, I don't know, five luminaries. You've probably got a chance of getting to one or two of them because there are no other songwriting podcasts. So if your niche is rock climbing or your hobby is medieval reenactment, you are probably going to have a really good hit rate with the leaders of your industry 
because you are offering the podcast to them and you're giving them a chance and a platform to share their story. So when I say don't think big, do think big and just temper it by your industry and the expectations. So in corporate careers like consulting, it can be much harder, but in some other areas, you might be able to get the head or the leader or the the number one in the world in whatever you do. And I say all of this, I've had everyone from managing partners of major consulting firms on the show through to CEOs of FTSE 100 companies. And that's all been through just asking them to come on and sharing what the value in the podcast will be for them. So that's your first bit is who are you going to get on the show? The next part is reaching out to them. And that's where you need to make clear what's in it for them. So develop your your sales email here. And this is a really good test, actually. If you're looking to get better at BD, this is a fantastic way to do it because this is, in effect, a really dry run for your client pitches or your proposals or your networking with people in your industry. So you want to develop a really slick email that says, what's the podcast about? Why are you doing it? What do you want from your guest? How much time? What are you expecting? And what's in it for them? And in this, you want to make it really clear that they have complete control. So this was something I got from Tim Ferriss, and I will link to a video that he did all around the podcast and some of his guidance from what he learned from running his or has learned from running his podcast, which is one of the the biggest podcasts in the world. And one of the points he makes, and it is so true, is if you give the guests complete control, they are much more likely to come onto the show. Everyone in today's world is is cautious of, of media social media, the tabloids, it's very easy to get misquoted and misrepresented. And so people in positions of authority are going to be naturally nervous because they don't know what you're going to do with their interview. So be really clear what you are doing. Be really clear that it's about sharing their story. It's a positive interview. You're not going to try and catch them out. Make it clear that they have the full discretion to say no to the show. They have full discretion to edit the show. This has been really powerful for me. And actually, I've had, I think it's only been one, but I have had one guest who, because of certain issues at their company, actually requested I didn't put the interview out, and it didn't go out. But that, for that guest, obviously, was a hugely powerful thing to let them come on the show in the first place. Now, likewise, while I've only had one guest who has ever pulled out of the show, I've had a number of guests, and I could probably count them on at least probably two hands, maybe three, who have asked for changes. And these are perfectly normal things. You know, I messed up that sentence. I didn't mean to say that. Or those stats I used or that reference I used, that that was completely wrong. I checked. Can you remove it? All of this is done for our guests. Anything they ask is removed. And all of this is done before it goes out and completely with their blessing. I will never release an episode until one of my guests has said they're 100% happy with it. And guests knowing this makes them much more comfortable and much more likely to come onto the show. And it means there's a lot less red tape, a lot less sort of negotiating with compliance departments, risk departments, all all of that stuff that can slow you up. It just makes your guests much more comfortable. So make sure that's a key thing you include in your email out to your guests. Now, the other side of what you want to be developing as part of your guest outreach is actually your podcast collateral. So it's one thing saying, I'm starting this great podcast, and sometimes the vision will sell people, particularly if you're doing this with people you know, for instance. But something that I found really helpful with Climbing Consulting, I'd always recommend you do as well, is actually, before you even start emailing anyone, create yourself a website. So I recommend Squarespace. I'll put a link to the show notes. Climbing Consulting is still hosted on Squarespace, and that's for two reasons. One, 
it's phenomenally easy to build a great website and you can knock it up in, I think mine took oh, maybe four hours to get the website created in total. And that's with all the pictures, all the copy put in, everything. It also has a built-in podcast hosting platform. So one of the questions I always get is, you know, well, this seems really technical. How do I set it all up? Now, there are other alternatives, and, and we wouldn't use Squarespace. It's worth saying just a big caution for a corporate podcast um, for various reasons. But if you are creating this for yourself and you need a low-cost solution, 10 quid a month, Squarespace gets you a website and your podcast hosting. So go there, create the website, and also create the podcast graphic. So you want to have an icon. You want something that shows people this is tangible and, and you are creating something. And I know it sounds small, but simply by having a thought of your podcast icon, it shows people that you've gone that step further. This isn't just something you, you woke up the day before and thought, I'll give a go. You've actually put some thought into this. Now, again, the easiest way to do this, if you want really quick, really low cost, get yourself to Canva. It's a fantastic graphic design platform, has loads of built-in templates, and is perfect for this. And actually, that is where I have built both climbing consulting logos, is using Canva. Now, for pictures, and this is both for your website, for your Squarespace, but also for any background graphics if you want them on your icon, get yourself over to Unsplash, which is a free stock photo website, some really cool, really creative stock photos, completely free to use. It's also worth saying Canva is completely free to use. So there you are in terms of the collateral side. Once you've got your guests and you've put together your sales copy, your sales email about why they should come on, create that website, create that graphic, drop a link to the website in your email and fire it off to those 10 people. And that's where you wait. Now, let's assume that let's assume six of those come back to you. And it's probably going to be more. I think it's worth saying the number one fear I had before starting Climbing Consulting I thought nobody in their right mind would want to come on the show. I, and I'm sure this is something you think, and I, and I know a lot of people who I've helped and just given advice to around podcasts, this is their number one concern, is, well, I could, I could do all of this, but no one's actually going to want to come on. And I was amazed at the response I got. Like I say, I think I got about an 80% hit rate in terms of people wanting to come on the show. And now, obviously, if you're going out to more speculative guests, that might be lower. If you're going out to people who you know better, that might be higher. But you will be pleasantly surprised at who comes back if you've done those previous steps properly. So the next step is actually getting these interviews booked in, which is a simple function of timing. I would always recommend, if you can, you always want to allow a small buffer and a small sort of tail at the end. So small buffer at the start, small buffer at the end as part of the recording. So just for simplicity, if you're recording a 30-minute podcast, you want to try and get 10 to 15 minutes with your guest at the start, 10 to 15 minutes with your guest at the end. So you want an hour of their time. And actually that buffer doesn't really need to change. So for climbing consulting, I'll always ask my guests for two hours and expect to be recording for an hour and a half. So that's 15 minutes to prep all the equipment, make sure they're comfortable, answer any questions. And then 15 minutes at the end, again, just to wrap up, make sure they were happy with everything, make sure we didn't miss any questions they might wanted to cover and add in and just explain what the process is from there. So that is actually scheduling. And then the next step, as I say, is recording. How do you do this? And so there's two ways, two, two ways in terms of the kit that I'm going to explain. And this really depends on budget. So the first way, this is super cheap. Anyone can do this in terms of breaking down barriers and, and excuses about why you can't start your podcast. This is one I've heard as well as, you know, I can't afford the equipment. Well, the easiest way to do this, especially if you're a consultant and you have Teams, but if not Skype, is just use your laptop. Plug in a pair of 
bog standard headphones, an old pair of iPhone headphones will be fine. Get on Skype or get on Teams and record it. So if you're with Teams, Teams has a recording functionality. If you don't, then both Windows and Mac OS have built in dictation apps. I can't remember the names of them right now, but find what they are on your laptop. And all you do, it's as simple as this. You turn it on at one end, you ask your guest to turn it on at their end, and you record both. And this is actually how I've done a number of climbing consulting interviews. I always prefer to be face-to-face, and I'll come on to what the, what you need in terms of kit for that. But if the guest is in a, a different city or just diaries don't work, what we'll do is we'll get on Skype, we'll record the Skype call, and then as a backup, we'll record each side's audio. And once you've got that, it's easy to put them together. So you can do that for free. And if you're traveling with work, if you're on the road, you can do that from your work laptop in your hotel, not a problem. And what I actually find, and again, particularly if you are traveling right now, and this is going to be something that isn't your day job, you know, this could be your side hustle or frankly just a hobby that you want to do to expand your network or or your interest, is it makes it much easier for people to commit to interviews if you can do them in the evening. So if you can offer someone, say, a, a 7 p.m. start in the evening when you finished your client work, they finished their work, and you do it over Skype, do it over Teams, you're likely to get a really good response. And again, it saves you having to take any holiday or, or losing any contract day rates to do it. So that's the first way. The second, and, and this is what I chose to do for climbing consulting, is to actually buy the kit and go and record face-to-face. Now, there's some huge advantages for that, which is you, you get to physically meet the person and that can be really good for building rapport. It can be actually really good for just that level of nervousness and that comfort. Because once you've had a chance to chat, you, you've sat there together, you've had a coffee, everything gets a lot more relaxed. I personally find that I'm very happy doing Skype interviews now, but in the early days, I always preferred face-to-face. And actually, I remember finding the first Skype interview I did quite difficult because there's so many variables in terms of the sound quality in terms of what you can hear of your guest, where they are, where they've been, how they feel, you know, are they comfortable in the chair because they're hunched over their laptop, are they in a quiet place? There's so many different variables and and I found that quite challenging. Now, not everyone does. I know people who've launched podcasts and they only do Skype, so so take that with a pinch of salt, but I found it personally much easier to do face-to-face. Now, in terms of kit, I could list off all of the kit, but it's going to be much easier to say, go and watch the video that I referenced before by Tim Ferriss, where he literally walks you through his podcast equipment. And all I did to start with was pick up his podcast equipment. Now, the key thing to say is that kit will cost you anywhere from five to £700. And the thing you will want to do, obviously dependent on your budget, is look for substitutes. So for instance, the Zoom H6, which is the recording device that you'll see referenced in the video, the recording device we use, the one we recommend to our clients, that costs you about 250 quid. There are cheaper alternatives. There's a Zoom 4, for instance, which has got less functionality. But given you are doing this podcast for yourself as a hobby, it would be absolutely perfect. You could even use, I think there's the Zoom 1, which is more of a dictaphone, but you could easily use two of those, albeit just be careful about sound quality, just to capture what's going on. Now, that is just my recommendation. If you Google best equipment for podcasting, there will be hundreds of blogs, hundreds of articles that will recommend different kit. And ultimately, it's getting the kit that works for you. So have a look through those, have a look through which ones actually work for your budget, because that's the most important thing. And ultimately, just buy the piece of kit, buy the microphones, buy the headphones that work best for you. The only things I would say on this, and there's probably two fundamentals, 
is whatever you do, make sure you get two microphones. So you can get some multi-directional microphones that you almost put in the middle of a table and they capture the room in, in 360. This is really challenging in terms of editing. So when you have a conversation, there will be points where you talk over each other or one of you says something, the other laughs, and they start laughing as you're saying it, for instance. These are sort of perfectly normal things that happen. Now, that you do not notice when you're speaking in a conversation because your, your brain just processes it out. But when you listen back to audio or when you try and listen to a podcast like that, it's really distracting. And actually, I remember I've listened to a couple, I can't remember who by, but a podcast where they keep the sound on stereo. So it sounds like surround sound. And if you have a conversation going on in stereo in your head, so one party on your left ear, one party on your right, it is the most unnerving and distracting thing and really detracts from the audio. So always make sure you have two microphones, one for you, one for your guest. And if obviously, if there's more than just one guest, one for each of them. And I would always recommend that you have headphone monitors or monitor headphones on at all times so that both you and your guest can hear each other through the headphones. This is really important. And the reason for this is because you get a direct playback to your ears of the sound that your listeners will hear. If you don't, the risk you've got is that you might move in your chair or your guests might start to look somewhere else as they talk. And in doing so, the mic may not pick them up or the sound quality will change because they go much closer or much further away from the microphone. This is very difficult to change in the edit. So it's critical to make sure you get the best sound you can in the recording. So this is where headphones come in, because if I've got headphones on, I no longer hear my voice as I would normally. I hear what's coming out the microphone. And so if I suddenly go quieter in my headphones, I know to react. If I turn my head, so I've just turned my head, I hear that in the headphones just as you have, and I turn back to the microphone because I instinctively know that that's not right. So that is a really key thing, is make sure you get a microphone per guest and including yourself there, so a microphone per person, and make sure everyone has monitor headphones. After that, there's so many variables, but ultimately, watch that Tim Ferriss video, it's a great place to start. So that is the kit. I, just as a side note, because this was something that really helped me, before you record your first show, whoever the guest is, be it friend, be it colleague, be it industry person, industry figure, whoever it is, find a friendly person, and I did this with a friend of mine, and just practice. Have a go at doing an interview. Have a go at writing some questions for them. Have a go at asking some questions to them. Because you want to be as prepared as possible for this first interview. And while you may go into this thinking, it's just a conversation, and it is just a conversation. If you've never done it before, it will seem extremely weird because you've got a ton of kit, you've got someone expecting you to be able to confidently lead this interview, and you need to be able to do that as best as you can. So I would always recommend, even if it's the Skype version, get on a Skype call with a friend or a colleague, whoever it is. It could be your, your mum, your dad, your sister. It could be someone on your project. It could be your wife. It could be your, your husband, whatever it is. And practice doing an interview with them properly. Practice preparing the questions in advance. Share them with them. Practice opening the interview as you would whatever your style is. Practice running through the questions. Now, I can guarantee you this will be awkward. I can guarantee you you won't like the end product. But by doing that, by preparing, by recording, and actually most importantly, editing and listening back to it afterwards, you'll have a really good understanding of the process and you'll get a really good understanding of where you are as a baseline. What is it you do well? What are the verbal tics you have that maybe you need to remove or try and remove throughout the interviews? What are the questions that maybe you, you shouldn't ask guests because they don't land as well? What are some of the questions that you did ask that actually worked really well and you should keep? These are all things that you will only get by that practicing. 
So that, as I say, is a key side point. Before you go anywhere near a guest, make sure you practice. So we've run through, you've got your podcast, you've gone out to your guests, you've got some people signed up, you've recorded some episodes. The next step is actually editing the show. So I could give you lots of detail here. It's going to be much quicker and much better for you if I just say there is a free piece of software called Audacity, and I've put a link in the show notes for you. It's fantastic audio editing software. It's completely free. It will do everything you need for the podcast. There's a ton of tutorials on it on YouTube. So go to the link in the show notes, download Audacity, and start editing your podcasts. Again, you will you'll find this takes time. Your first one might be very slow. You will get quicker. But that is going to be the best tool for you. You could find a, an editor, you know, but that's going to, again, cost money. So always think about, and again, this is where I say this is very much for individuals creating podcasts and not for, for companies. If money is a challenge for you or you're just doing this for a bit of fun, edit it yourself. And you'll find actually that's more fun because you listen back to the interview, you learn from the guests, from what they've said. You can tweak bits maybe of your own audio you don't like. And again, you're learning a new skill. So that's the editing side. Now, the last piece, and I'm going to spend a bit of time on this because it's the most important piece that people get wrong. And actually, this is something that I've seen a ton of consultancies get wrong. So while the advice in here is very much for individuals, if you're listening to this and thinking about or you're in the process of starting your own corporate podcast, you really need to pay attention to this section. The launch is the most important part of the podcast up until now. You could have the best guests in the world, the best concept, the best audio, the best editing, but if no one knows about your podcast, no one's going to listen. So you want to do this. And it's worth saying that I got this approach from Noah Kagan at sumo.com, where he shared a fantastic article on how he launched his podcast. He did it much more successfully than me, I might say. But the approach he gave was fantastic. And I'll link again to it in the show notes, because really valuable approach if you're thinking of doing this. So the first thing to say is have a plan and make sure you have a launch date. You're a consultant. Projects are your thing. Have a Gantt chart. Work back from your launch date. If you are going to, we are, I'm recording this at the end of November 2019. It'll be going out at the end of November 2019. If you are thinking of launching a podcast in the new year, have your Gantt chart ready. And funnily enough, actually, I launched or planned to launch Creating Climbing Consulting exactly this time. I reached out to guests around this time in 2017 with a plan to launch in February 2018. Because you need that two to three months to interview guests, to get everything prepared. And I'd recommend a similar plan for you is allow three months from initial idea or initial interviews through to launch. So what are the key things to go into the plan? Well, ultimately, you need people to shout about your podcast. And there's two groups who will do that. There's your guests who will be more than happy to promote their interviews, assuming they're happy with their interviews themselves. And there's your network or your, your supporters, your friends. So at the same time as interviewing your guests, once you're committed to this and you're, you're set that it's going to go out, message the 50 people who you know best. That could be friends, it could be colleagues, it could be family. And just let them know, hi, going to be launching this podcast, tell them what it's about. I'd love your help, I'd love your support, and just to give me a little bump when I launch it on X date. And you will be amazed how many people will be happy to do that. Now, that's only half of the equation. The other thing, and this was something that helped me, albeit I think people would have 
probably done it without this, but really helped me, and this was something that Noah Kagan highlighted, is is make people feel special. Why should they help you? What are they going to get from it? So actually, if you go back and listen to, gosh, I think it's episode three of Climbing Consulting, you will hear that I thank a whole host of people in the intro. And that is because they agreed to promote the show. On launch day, they all shared a post, liked it, pushed it out to their networks to get people interested in the show. And that was my small thanks to them. So think what yours could be. It doesn't have to be massive. If you are in a certain field or a certain hobby, it could be a gathering. You know, it could be if you're into films, it could be you'll invite everyone round to a bar to watch a film that you, you know, you'll pay for pizzas. It could be if you are, I don't know, more senior and you do have some authority in your industry. Maybe you could offer a free talk to anyone who does this. Remember, this approach works no matter how senior, how experienced, how old you are. It's just a different scale. So Noah Kagan managed to get 3,000 people promoting his podcast. I got about 25. The difference is purely down to the, the reach you start with, not to the process. So if you're listening to this as an analyst and you have no network, well, you've got 25 other analysts on your grad program. If you're listening to this as a senior partner, you've probably got a bit more reach and can probably get a few more people behind you. So you go out to these people, you make them feel special, And then keep them up to date. People love to help others and people love to be involved in what's going on. So keep them up to date. Let them know how you're getting on with your interviews, where the podcast is going in terms of what the early themes are. Maybe let them listen to some early interviews or just some snippets. And likewise, start to build a bit of awareness on your social platform. So if you're big on LinkedIn, start posting a bit of news about the podcast, the fact it's coming, get people excited about it. That's the same if you're big on other social media, particularly if this is less of a corporate podcast. Get people excited that this is coming. And obviously, as you get closer to the launch, start to increase those comms, start to increase those messages about what's coming. And then ultimately, and this is the big thing, when you are ready, the day you're going to launch, launch and launch big. Make sure you have four, five, six posts ready to go out, maybe some snippets from the audio, maybe some audiograms, maybe some quotes that you've made in Canva. Make some posts for your guests to share because they're busy people. You know, you give them the copy, they just post it with a link. All of these things are going to help you launch your show. And it's that launch which will set you up for success in the long term. That is the big piece. And then the last thing to say is just keep going. Do the first set of episodes you plan and review. If you're enjoying it, if you've really, you've had a great time and and people are giving you good feedback and that you can tell this is going in the direction you want, whatever that is, keep doing it. If having done the first series, the first five, six, seven, you don't like it or you're not getting the listenership you thought you would or your guests aren't positive about it, well, just chalk it up to bad luck and move on. You'll have learned a ton. But what I can tell you, because that was the thought process I had with Climbing Consulting, is you will be amazed at the response you get to your podcast. And you'll be amazed by the people you meet, the network you build, and where it takes you just by launching this. So that is, and actually it is slightly over 30 minutes, gosh, we're almost at 40 minutes, the step-by-step approach for how to launch your own podcast. Just to recap, you want to start with your niche. What are you targeting? What is making your podcast different? You want to really hone that USP. So once you know broadly the industry and the length, the style, what is that USP? What sets you apart from those out there in the, the rest of the podcast sphere? Who are you targeting specifically with that? And why would they listen? What value are you going to give them? 
once you know that, you need to get your, your guests on board. You need to reach out to some people. You need to get your collateral created. and You need to build the podcast itself. Then it comes down to recording, which, as I've said, you can do for free on your work laptop using Teams or Skype. Or if you want to do it face-to-face or just give it that extra level of professionalism, there's a whole host of kit out there. And like I say, I will link to the Tim Ferriss video, which is the exact kit that I started with. Next, editing, Audacity, every time it's free. You can install it on your work laptop again. There's no reason to go and buy anything more expensive. Again, link to in the show notes. And finally, plan that launch. Make sure that your podcast launches with a splash. I really hope that that has helped you. It's been an episode that I've been dying to do for a long time. I've had a number of people ask me to record this, and I appreciate this has been a really, really tactical, really, really detailed and really, really specific episode. It's not been the longer form interviews or the the higher level bullets, but I really wanted to give you this because there will be some of you out there who are thinking about your New Year's resolutions, who are thinking about launching a podcast in the new year, and you will have a whole host of questions and just reasons not to do it. And hopefully this episode has helped you. If this episode helps one person launch their own podcast, then I will be phenomenally happy and it will have been a success. So that is the end of today's show. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you do have any questions about launching your own podcast, drop me an email at nick at climbingconsulting.com. Find me on LinkedIn, connect, drop me any questions there. And do, if you are in the process of launching your own podcast, reach out because I would love to help you and support you with the launch. I'd love to be one of those people who are championing it, influencing people to try and listen to your show and, and get you some listeners. So with all that said, all that's left to say is thank you very much and all the best for the rest of your week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Climb in Consulting podcast. If you did, I would be very grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice, whichever one you may be using. And please also share this with anyone that you think could benefit from hearing today's interview. If you want to get in touch or give me any feedback about the podcast, please feel free to drop me an email. It's nick at climbinconsulting.com and I look forward to hearing from you.